0: Beloved by God, Church, let us begin our service before the Lord. Let us stand and confirm the confessions of the faith of our heart, the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. May the resurrection of Christ be enthroned within our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are thankful to your holy name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as previously, all the works of the devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matters of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance and error, all of this may it depart from the tents of your holy people. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the Ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your Spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Pastor Arkadi into your godly hands, and we pray, continue to lead it with a piety, powerful and mighty arm, our great God, Son and Holy Spirit, Amen. May He be blessed. Please be seated. The Book of Apostle Paul Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness, and and holiness, the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. There are two forms of life, the old form of life and new form of life. The old form of life is supported by the old man, the new form of life is supported by the new man. We can't put on our fo- our new way of life if we don't renew our mind. And when we come to the service, we this is our opportunity to renew our mind that will, as a result, give us the right to clothe our bodies into a new way of life. And to fulfill this decree commandment written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to us in the series of sermons of Apostle Arcadi. we need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed which we need to obtain as a possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. And relevant to this, we stop to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David in which getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David consisted of the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy of praise and give God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of David and here's where this is written Psalm 18 1 through 3 I love you Lord my strength the Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer, my God, is my is my rock, in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Let us together proclaim our destiny in Jesus Christ. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. And Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord confirm all of these words in our heart. And may he make us worthy of his names, his virtues, and his characteristics. Therefore, considering that in a specific format, as much as God has allowed and the measure of our faith, we already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus in the form of the virtue of four names of God, strength, rock, fortress, and deliverer. We will immediately go to study our inherited lot in Jesus Christ, studying the name of God, rock, in whom I trust. In Hebrew, the identification of the name of God, rock, in this particular context contains such definitions sharp end or edge of a cliff, stone, a stone defense, a covering, the shadow of a cliff, victorious, elephant tusk, elephant ivory, eternal governance, the promise of imperishable food, and the comfort of peace. All of every time the scriptures talk about the rock, these eight characteristics that we just uh, read that Pastor Arcadia has given, they are present and when we collaborate with god in his name rock these eight characteristics are also present or should be present in this name in the given prayer psalm of david we see that the name of god rock of israel contains the inherited lot of the son of god in whom and by whom we together receive the victorious ability to keep and broaden our salvation consisting of adopting our of our body by the redemption of christ and so again the name of god Rock allows us to to broaden and keep our salvation we will not be able to keep and our salvation if we don't broaden the horizons of our salvation And to be able to broaden it we need to see our inheritance and to see our inheritance we need to go up on a rock from which we can see then uh... This promise from afar. The name of God, Lord, you are my rock, allows us to become this rock, or God begins to hew us out from this stone or from this rock. There are those that he separates when they fall away from God, when they resist God's order. It's the most terrible thing when a person resists the order of God. It's not as terrible when a person falls into sin because he he's a slave of sin but when he resists the order of God then the Lord asks the question do I want to spend the rest of eternity with this person I've given the, if if I've given him the power of the Holy Spirit I've given him my truth and other things and this person turned it away he rejected it do I want to spend eternity with this person and so this person turns away from God, and now is facing or going uh, is facing an eternity with hell. He did not spare a third of the angels of heaven, and the people that today resist God and do not want to be hewn from the stone, but want to be separated, God will behave just as He did with the cherubim and with the angels who followed Him and studying our lot as in the previous names of God we came to the necessity to study a series of questions what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God rock of Israel what purpose in the realization of our salvation is our inherited lot called to fulfill consisted in the name of God rock of Israel what price do we need to pay to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our Rock of Israel, by what results do we determine, or by what fruits do we determine that God is truly our Rock of Israel as it relates to the realization of our calling? We need to also, also keep in mind that if we decide to study our inherited lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, as something separate from the faith of our heart or the confession of our mouth, then we will be immediately going in the wrong direction. The power of the name of God rock. This is by the faith of our heart and confession of our mouth, because God in all of of His powerful and unchanging names is the lot of inheritance exclusively within the boundaries of the spirit, soul, and body. All of the promises God gave, He gave it for the spirit, soul, and body. for these promises to become the possession of the spirit soul and body he needs to activate the spirit soul and body and to activate them God says that the spirit soul and body is my lot I paid a price not just for your spirit but for your soul and body as well and so it's very important to, it's, uh, to activate for God to activate these our mind and our lip, lips as well, our mouth, our body, He activates our body so that it confesses the words of uh, the faith of our heart. Because if we don't confess the faith of our heart, we won't be able to be saved. We will not be able to preserve our salvation. And so God activates the spirit, spirit soul, and body so that He can save the spirit, soul, and body, which are His lot. And so, first question... What characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel? We answered six of them, of these questions, or these identified, these questions, and will remind us of what they are. First, lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, within the heart of a student of Christ, is identified by righteousness which rules in the fear of the Lord the righteous needs to have the fear of the Lord and the fear of the Lord is identified by the commandments of the Lord sometimes people say well this person has the fear of the Lord but you have to ask does this person know the commandments of the Lord and so uh, you don't know if they know the commandments of the Lord if they're just afraid to sin you need to have the commandments of the Lord in his heart if he does not have the teaching the commandments in his heart then what kind of fear of the Lord can he have to be afraid of something you need to know about it to be afraid of of death you need to know what death is if you to love life you need to know what life is and when it's not taught people absolutely don't know where they're supposed to go or what direction to go in they're not waiting for the return of Christ or rapture because people don't understand the importance of meeting with the Lord Jesus Christ and how all of this happens. And so we need to understand that this is an important component. A, per, a righteous person needs to have the fear of the Lord. This is having God's commandments. When you don't have God's commandments, you don't have God's fear. Second law contained in the virtue of the name of God, Rock of Israel, within the heart of a student of Christ, is identified by our great origin, which makes us a member of Zion, which is the perfection of beauty, power and authority in which God is and where God abides. This is how God sees us. This uh, great origin, this from where we come, this Zion, God sees us as the Zion. And we see how god wants to and is focused on destroying zion so that he can restore it to comfort it and he does comfort it he destroys it and then comforts he destroys for the purpose that there's something wrong there in zion someone is desiring his zion there are people in the in the church uh... in the churches that uh, Call Churches that give themselves great slogans, great titles, but they absolutely do not correspond to the status of what they name themselves. And so the Lord then destroys those Zions uh, so that he can uh, restore it again. We also have our old man who desires Zion or to control or conquer Zion. The Spirit is born from God. And so, you, but you live in, in the body that you are, and you have the heritage of your, of your fathers. You have, you have the genetical code of your father. You live according to these things. And so, God then allows our body to be broken, in a sense, so that we can be humbled, and so that we can be perfected. And we are, we are killed in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. The old man says that the soul is my wife, and so the soul also needs to then die together in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, together with your body. And it will be renewed again in the the death of the Lord Jesus Christ when it is renewed, when you die for your nation, the house of your father, and your destructive desires, the old man will not resurrect again once it dies. Only the one that will resurrect is the one that has a covenant with God, our spirit, soul, and body, has a covenant with God. The old man does not have a covenant with God. And so when he breaks us, he knows the old man will not resurrect. That's where he will remain, there at the bottom of Jordan or the bottom of the Red Sea. And Israel, as the victorious ones, will come out. Third lot contained. In the virtue of the name of God rock of Israel within the heart of a student of Christ is identified in the cleft of a rock and the hiding place of the mountainside we saw the dove here fourth lot contained in the name of God rock of Israel in the heart of a student of Christ is identified by building our house on a cliff here we saw the eagle and in the future we will see that we cannot have the quality of the eagle until we first have the quality of the dove until we learn to be in the cleft of the rock We need to first learn to be in the cleft of the rock So that we can then be uh, Weaving or or preparing or making our nest Upon the top of the rock You need to be under a covering And you need to acknowledge God's authority in your life In the cleft of the rock And you become this dove And then God will allow you to become an eagle Where you can then Uh, make your nest upon the top of the cliff. Fifth lot contained in the name of God rock of Israel in the heart of a student of Christ is identified as the house of God in the form of Zion. Seventh lot contained in the name of God rock of Israel in the heart of a student of Christ is identified in the rock pouring out rivers of oil. This is the place where the Lord had shown Moses his glory. All of them wanted, all the people, they wanted to see the glory of God. And God kept showing them that the glory, His glory is in them. The justification they receive freely by grace, this is the glory of God. The works of righteousness we we do within the Holy Spirit, this is the glory of God. We produce fruits of the Spirit, this is the glory of God. The prophets asked Jesus, show us your glory. But he said, I will, but inside of you, inside of you, you will see me. And so the, the the Lord would, because if the Lord would say that if I show my glory to you out of you or independent of you, it will kill you, so it has to be done within you. Because if the Lord shows how bright he is, how how, how scary he is or great he is or in any other form that a person may imagine glory the Lord wants to show his glory in the person so the person understands that they are his son that they produce fruits of righteousness the Lord wants to show again his glory inside of us so that we can be transformed, for, transformed from glory to glory seventh this is where we will be specifically uh, focused upon this rock pouring out rivers of oil. is where we will be focused in the seventh uh, component. Job 29, 1 through 6. Job further continued his discourse and said, O oh, that I were as in months past, As in the days when God watched over me, when His lamp shone upon my head, and when by His light I walked through darkness, just as I was in the days of my prime, when the friendly counsel of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were around me, when my steps were bathed with cream, and the rock poured out rivers of oil for me. In the given allegory the rock that pours rivers of oil includes seven unique components which have a wonderful balance between them for the reason that they are diluted in one the other make themselves known in one the other and identify the truthful nature of one the other all of them are all these seven characteristics <clears throat> including the the rock that pours rivers of oil The absence of any of the seven components will mean that all of the remaining components are counterfeits and that God does not protect us but then keeps us for his retribution. And so the Lord preserves certain people and others he keeps them for his punishment, for his retribution. There are certain ones that he hews from the rock and others he separates. There are some that fall into sin, and there are some that fall away from God, as if similar things, but they absolutely are different. And so again, there are certain people that he protects, and others he keeps for his retribution. Therefore, it is necessary for us to at least in short identify each of the components so that we may understand the lot contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel. Here are the the seven written in the book of Job. The lamp of the Lord shows upon my head. Second, by the Lord's light, I walk through darkness. Third, the friendly counsel of God is over my tent. Fourth, the Almighty is with me. Fifth, my children are around me. Sixth, my steps are bathed with cream. And seventh, the rock pours out rivers of oil for me. And we want to reach this rock. We want to reach... This, the Lord, you are my rock, a rock of Israel, that pours out these rivers of oil. And so, first, the lamp of the Lord over my head. If we, for us to collaborate with God, with His name, rock, we need to to so that it can pour out rivers of oil from me. We first need to have the lamp of the Lord over our head. The lamp of the Lord over our head implies the union and collaboration of our spirit with the authority of the word of the person who has been placed over us by God, the lamp of the Lord over our head, not, not at the level of my head, but over my head so that the word of God would become the possession of my heart I need for it to be over or above my head. And so as interestingly as pastor writes here, that it implies the union and collaboration of our spirit with the authority of the word of the person who has been place, placed over us by God. So when I collaborate with the words that are spoken by the person that is placed over me, that means that this lamp of the Lord is over my head. Second Samuel 21, 16, 17. Then Ishbi Banab, who was one of the sons of the giants, the weight of whose bronze spear was 300 shekels, who was bearing a new sword, thought he could kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zeru, came to, this, to his aid and struck the Philistine and killed him. Then the men of David swore to him, saying, You shall go out no more with us to battle, lest you quench the lamp of Israel. And so this has happened in every one of us, and we will see how uh... this has happened and so what is what is this lamp of the lord proverbs twenty twenty seven the spirit of a man is the lamp of the lord searching all of the inner depths of his heart this is the spirit of man the lamp is the spirit of man but what kind of spirit today For the most part, Christians say that, yes, my spirit is the lamp of the Lord, but is it truly the lamp of the Lord? It becomes a lamp of the Lord when this spirit, our spirit that is born from God, collaborates with the authority, with the word of the person that is placed over us by God. Then our spirit becomes a lamp of the Lord. Again, when my spirit collaborates with the word of the person, the word of the messenger whom God has placed over us, that's where the, where the when my spirit becomes a lamp of the Lord. Do you remember what the unwise said? They said to the wise, Give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The wise said to them, So that there not be insufficiency with both us and you, for rather go to the sellers and go purchase from them. What did the unwise ask of them? They said, You your the word of God works in you. Would you be able to be the messengers above us or over us? And they said, No. If we if if this would happen, then you would receive nothing from us and we would lose. And so to be able to have what we have, you need to go to the cellar, to the messengers, the true messengers of God. And purchase this, uh, purchase this oil, purchase this word, and so the wise need to understand here that you can give your oil. That when you give your oil, you can actually give everything away. And so instead, you need to tell them go to the messengers and go purchase uh, for yourself from the from the seller to be able to receive this oil, you need to acknowledge the status of the zion the status of zion and then acknowledge the authority of the person god has placed and then have your spirit collaborate with that person whom god has placed and then your spirit will be a lamp of the lord and so acknowledge again the status of the church and the person we can't just give you oil the oil begins to work in man again when our spirit, our heart, collaborates with the words of the person whom God has placed over us. This is very uh, important to understand. And here is David is shown here as this lamp, the lamp of the Lord. Do we have David? Do we have a spirit that collaborates with the word of God that is given to us by his messengers? For the scripture's sake, uh, keep your heart with all diligence, because out of it are issues of life. And so our spirit, our heart is also in the form of our spirit. Uh, You need to collaborate your spirit with the authority of of the person or the authority, the word of the person that is sent and placed over us by God. And so again, that's the interpretation, that's the explanation of that place where it says to keep your heart heart with all diligence because out of it come issues of life. Is collaborating again with the words of the person placed over you. As it says, above all things, keep your heart with all diligence or preserve your heart with all diligence. And it needs to then become a lamp of the Lord. And who wanted to kill David? His name. The name Ishbi Benab. This is one who dwells upon heights. This is the meaning of his name. And so our intellect says, uh, he, he, is, he is the one. He is the intellect who wants to take the position of the one up on the heights, the authority. And he tells the spirit that you should acknowledge me. The mind tells the spirit. And and the scriptures say, because you place your mind equal to mine, I will bring foreigners against you and they will destroy you. They will bring their swords against you. And this all happens, this kind of thing happens when a person places his mind equal to God's mind. And, as we understand, this enemy, the one who wanted to kill David, Ishbi Benob, one who dwells upon heights, this is the mind trying to place itself uh, equal to God's mind. And I understand just as pastor, for example, this, the phrase that people sometimes state, why do I need to listen to pastor when I myself receive revelations? When I receive revelations and and... We are then in the likeness of these of these giants. He had the weight of his uh, spear was three hundred shekels. If you remember, Samson had bound a uh, three hundred fox tails together and put torches on them, and he burned the fields of the Philistines. And he had three hundred again foxes. He had the torches that he had lit. These are the councils, the brotherly councils. Uh, the, these are, by tradition, passed on uh, from fa- from the fathers. A tradition to have these brotherly councils. And so, maybe we have, maybe these are traditions that have been passed on to us, maybe from many, many generations back. But they have nothing to do with the old path of good and. This truth, they may be thousands of years old, this truth that's given to us, the ancient, the old path of good, this is the path upon which God lives, and we need to live upon it too. And this Philistine had these 300 shekels, and of course, Abishai helped him. This means that the Lord has given. In 2 Corinthians, it is written that the Lord has given us the ability to be servants of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit, because the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Because that letter that this giant has this Philistine, whose spear is at, in the weight of 300 shekels, And it says that the scriptures, Abishai needs to help uh, David. I will be a servant of the New Testament, not the letter, but the spirit. Because the letter kills. And here it implies this this uh, spear. And he had a sword. Uh, his new sword is uh, because the spirit dwells. And our spirit dwells when we collaborate with the words of, of the person that is over us. This is the blessing of Job. because job is going to that rock pouring out rivers of oil for him now let's look at the second what was the second thing after the lamp of the Lord being showing over our head he says by the Lord's light I walk through darkness and so by the Lord's light Walking We walk in darkness. This means, and this implies, the revelation of the word of the Lord in our heart. Psalm one hundred nineteen, one o five. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word will be a lamp when my spirit becomes a lamp. When I receive the word of God and my spirit is not the lamp of the Lord. then I won't have this light inside of me. And so if I, again, haven't built my heart into a lamp of the Lord, then what will be burning? Only a lamp can burn. And so the second uh, step is the light. By the Lord's light, I walk through darkness. And so you first build your spirit into a lamp of the Lord, and then you receive the word of God, and it begins to burn brightly inside of me. Third, the friendly counsel of God is over my tent. This implies the secret place of the Most High and shadow of the Almighty in the form of the person clothed into the Holy Spirit, into the authority of a Father of God. Psalm 91, 1-2 He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the, sha- under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. And so being under the in the secret place is being under a covering and being under the shadow is the shadow either of a wing or shadow of of Peter, even the shadow of Peter would heal. The shadow of the anointed had anointing and power. And it was literal. And so we won't be able to receive anything from the shadow until we uh, acknowledge the secret place. This is having this covering over yourself when you're in that secret place and you dwell under it. And so by being in the secret place, you acknowledge the shadow of the Almighty. I acknowledge the church and the person whom God has placed Fourth, the phrase, the Almighty is with me, implies the concord and union with the commandments of the Lord. Psalm 119, through 100. You, through the commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they ever are with me. I have more understanding than all of my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your percepts. So that the Almighty would be with me. So that the Almighty would be with, would be with me. His commandment needs to be with me always. I need to understand and meditate upon His testimonies, and I keep His percepts in my heart. Further, the phrase "my children." Are around me implies the fruit of the Spirit abiding within our heart in the form of the promises of God. Psalm 127, 3-5 Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. when I read the interpretations of pastor I I I like to look and note at some of these things the this is again the, the this is again the fruit of the spirit abiding within our heart and by having this fruit of the spirit we can then determine that we have God's promises in our heart and so by talking to a person by the kinds of fruits he has you will be able to determine uh, what kind of the state of his heart, or the state his heart is in, and whether he has the resurrection of Christ in his heart and in his body and there, the, this also identified the three tribes that were under this, the banner of the eagle. Does a person have the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit? And so you can become an eagle but only after you become a dove. Does a person have the qualities or characteristics of a dove? He needs to be in the cleft of the rock. Does this person have a membership to a body of Christ? You'll hear hear the phrase, Well, I heard, I've heard that there are some kind of promises that you guys talk about. But you need to determine whether this person is a member of a church And does he acknowledge the status of a church? And do you have a messenger that you learn under? Or this person learns under? And businessmen sometimes will say, well, I'm too busy. I have too much to do. I have a lot of work. And time is money. And so, again, these are characteristics by which you can determine whether a person is a dove and then later an eagle. By the fruit of our spirit, the qualities of our spirit, characteristics of our spirit, uh, you can de- you can see the promises a person contains in his heart. The next phrase, uh, Job's phrase is, My steps are bathed with cream. This implies the revelation of truth which we can receive in the Church of Saints. In the interpretations of the messengers of God. Hosea 14, 4-9 Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. I will heal their backsliding, I will love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. I will be like the dew to Israel, he shall grow like the lily, and... Lengthen his roots like Lebanon, his branches shall spread, his beauty shall be like an olive tree, and his fragrance like Lebanon, those who dwell under his shadow shall return, they shall be revived like grain, and grow like a vine, their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon, Ephraim shall say, What have I to to do any more with idols? I have heard and observed him, I I am like a green cypress tree, your fruit is found in me, who is wise? Let him understand these things, who is prudent, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, the righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. Hosea fourteen, four through nine, and another place Proverbs four eighteen, but the path of the just like is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto unto the perfect day. And the final phrase, seventh phrase the rock now pours out rivers of oil for me. You see, how many steps you needed to take to be able to approach God's name, Lord, you are my rock of Israel, so that it can pour out rivers of oil. And so the phrase, the rock pours out rivers of oil for me implies a collaboration of our mouth with the mouth of God when our rock begins to pour out rivers of oil. This means we collaborate our mouth with the mouth of God. Isaiah fifty one sixteen, And I have put my words in your mouth. I have covered you with the shadow of my hand, that I may plant the heavens, lay the foundations of the earth, and say to Zion, you are my people. Again, what will the Lord do? So that this rock can pour out this rivers of oil for us. He says, I will put my words in your mouth. This will allow me to cover you with the shadow of my hand. This will allow us to renew our mind and to lay, and that he may then plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. And so, all of the steps that Job again took so that his rock would be able to pour rivers of oil, he needed to put these words into his mouth. And this is not possible if we don't uh, plant our heavens and lay the foundation of our earth. This is the collaboration of our mouth with the mouth of God. Do you remember the last words of David? The scriptures say, the spirit of the Lord speaks and his word is on my mouth. The God of Israel spoke of me. And I spoke that he is the rock of Israel. David said, And so our rock will pour rivers of oil for us when the Lord will see the collaboration of our mouth with the mouth of God, or when the Lord will begin to speak in us and through us. You'll say, well, how is it that the Lord will do this? When the word of God will speak in us and we confess the faith of our heart, this will be these words that God spoke. These are my final words. Rock of Israel said of me that's what David said his last words the Lord speaks in me again not I speak but the Lord who already speaks in me his words David's words became became equal in power as God's words he confessed the faith of his heart and to confess the faith of your heart you need to begin with the first step and that is to possess a lamp of the Lord and so you ask well how you receive the lamp of the Lord. The lamp of the Lord is over me. What is over me, over my head, over my intellect? I need to collaborate with the words of the person whom God has placed. I need to acknowledge Him. And how do I acknowledge Him? I acknowledge the status of the church and then I acknowledge the status of this person and I begin to collaborate my spirit with this person and confess the faith of my heart. very interesting seventh component. Let's look at the eighth. The eighth lot in the virtue of the name of God rock within the heart of a student of Christ is identified in the victory over the Philistines. 1 Samuel fourteen one through 23 Now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. And Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under the pomegranates. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on one side and sharp rock on the other side. And the name of one was Bozes, and the name of the other, Sennah. And so Sena is bright and not approachable. Not approachable because it is sharp. Two, two great rocks, sharp rocks. And the Lord will show uh, then how to collaborate with this Urim and Thummim. The word of God and Holy Spirit so that we can destroy the Philistines. And so Jonathan approached these two sharp rocks. This Bazez and Seneh, which is bright and unapproachable Word of God and Holy Spirit. The front of one uh, faced northward opposite Mikmash and the other southward opposite Gebeah. And so southward, uh, this is a symbol of your reasonable service. and the Holy Spirit continues to show how we can overcome the Philistines or destroy the Philistines we need these two, Bozes and Sena, Word of God, Holy Spirit and we need the north and south when we present our body as a living sacrifice for our reasonable service interesting parameters in, to, in which we need to defeat the Philistines then Jonathan, Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come let us go over to the garrison Of these uncircumcised, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his arm bearer said to him, Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. Then Jonathan said, Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say thus to us, Wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they Thus they say, Come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines said, Look, the Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan and his arm bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his arm, armor bearer, "Come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel." And so they chose the most difficult a uh, uh, path uh, going up upon this rock. And so they said, "If if they tell us, come up after, come up, come up to us, if." And so, when I go to the church, I need to focus my attention to be able to listen to the word, to the sermon that is being spoken, and focus my mind to it so I understand it. But if you just come to the come to the church so that uh, so that you're entertained, so you hear a couple of nice songs, so that you hear some good words. Uh, but these people focus their their attention to the word of God and learn. And so Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees, with his with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. And as the as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. That first slaughter, which Jonathan and his arm armor bearer made, was about twenty men, within about half of an acre of land. And so he was on his hands and knees. And was going upwards, and they were falling. And so you need to collaborate with the Word of God, and you climb, and you hold on with your uh, hands and knees. You climb, and we sometimes say, "Well, it's impossible to lose our soul." Well, we need to begin to hold on with our hands and our knees. And of course, you can't overcome them with your own strength. They're it's too, they're too, it's too powerful for us. But when we begin to climb upon the revelations of God, meditate, confess these revelations, then all we all need to do is just uh, finish off anybody still left in front of us. First, the Canaanite land being the belonging and holiness of God symbolizes the Church of Christ living in the earthly body in real time. And so we live in this mortal body, this earthly body, And so the Church of Jesus Christ, it lives in this earthly body in real time. And secondly, the Canaanite land, which is the belonging and holiness of God, symbolizes our earthly body that is redeemed by the blood of the cross of Christ. And so the Church of Christ consists of our bodies. And so that's why it says our earthly body, because here are people that are the Church of Christ. We are in these mortal earthly bodies and we are his body his body is on earth and imagine how interested God is and he's more interested than us to enthrone the resurrection of Christ in our body because his body consists of our bodies and our bodies are mortal and earthly sick and weak and he wants to shame hell he wants to shame death he wants to show that his body his glorious body not there he wants to, he wants to he knows what's happening on earth and what's under the heavens and so the Lord is focused on what is happening on the earth and the Lord wants to show himself amongst us among, amongst his saints in their bodies. And we will see how we need to collaborate with God so that the body of Christ, this fullness that fills all in all, this is what our body needs to have and possess. Who are the Philistines? The Philistines are the native inhabitants of the Canaanite land who rejected circumcision, which serves as a covenant upon the body of man between God and this person. The Israelites in their majority treated them with contempt, calling them this uncircumcised Philistine. The symbol of the uncircumcised Philistines within our body is our uncircumcised mind and corrupt desires of our soul clothed by us into pseudo-godliness. The symbol of the uncircumcised Philistines amongst the chosen by God nation is the category of carnal men who do not understand the righteousness of God and work to establish their own personal righteousness and doing so have not obeyed the righteousness of God, and they have rejected God's will for them about the circumcision of their heart and their ears. The category of people who do not comprehend the righteousness of God, this is in the church. All these desires, the uncircumcised mind, they put on pseudo-godliness. And so I like it when our pastor uh, doesn't show uh, these examples out of out of our church but in us ourselves so that we could see uh, how this happens inside of a person and so this uh, pseudo-godliness of the wicked and the lawless are not just in the churches of Christ but are also present inside uh, in every one of us the old man the uncircumcised mind and the corrupt desires that Clothed themselves again into pseudo-godliness therefore throughout the span of history of the Old Testament between the Philistines and the Israelites with periodic success of both the one side and the other side there continued to be an unreconcilable feud escalating even to, to harsh and blood shedding battles the symbol of true Israelites is the new person created in accordance to God in righteousness and holy truth carrying the program of the law of the spirit of life. The symbol of the Philistines is the old man, carrying the program of the fallen cherubim. The symbol of heights in the two sharp rocks represents the wisdom of the Thummim and the light of the Urim within the heart of a man that fears God. Again, one that is bright and unapproachable, these two uh, stones, these rocks, the names of these rocks, uh, their meaning. This is the Thummim and the Urim. The symbol of Jonathan is the in the given event is the new person in whom are the two great witnesses representing the Thummim and Urim before the God of all the earth. At the same time the symbol of Jonathan's servant are the members of his body that were given by him or by us as slaves of righteousness. And so who is this uh, armor-bearer. This is our body, the members of our body, slaves of righteousness that you need to use. Climbing upward upon the Thummim and Urim, Jonathan, with his faithful servant, produced a stunning victory over all of the Philistine armies, both within his body as well as out of his body, in the midst of the chosen by God remnant. Any victory that happens inside of us, it, it performs victory not just within our bodies but also in the bo- in the body of Christ because the body of Christ is made up of our bodies and so God is interested and desires for us to receive healing. He wants the stronghold of life to be stronghold of death to be thrusted out uh, with noise into hell and the stronghold of life to take its place. Why? Because he loves his son. Not because we're so good, but because he loves the Son, and because we have placed ourselves into the Son, Jesus Christ, he loves us, he loves his, his body. Identifying the Lot in the name of God, Rock of Israel, within our heart is victory over the Philistines from the position of two high, sharp rocks in the form of the Thummim and Urim. Question 2. What purpose is our inherited Lot contained in the name of God, Rock called to fulfill in realizing in the realization of our salvation and so we finished that first question uh, identifying the criteria and categories of the name of God rock and now this is that second question the classical question as to the purpose what purpose is our inherited lot contained in the name of God rock of Israel called to fulfill in the realization of our salvation? First purpose of the lot, contained in the name of God, Rock of Israel, abiding within the heart of a student of Christ, is called to give us living water that would quench the thirst of our new person, in which we are called to demonstrate the holiness of God to the disobedient sons of God. This, again, is all inside of us. The Rock of Israel needs to give us living water for the quenching of the thirst of our new person, Numbers 27-13 through Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And he said to them, Pastor surprised, why does he turn to the nation? The Lord said, take the rod and speak to the rock before their eyes. And this disobedience of Moses here is why. Moses did not enter into the promised land you will just see it from afar and so Moses takes the rod stands before the rock turns away from the rock turns to the nation the assembly he gathered the assembly and said to them and he says to Israel hear now you rebels must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod, and water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me, to hallow me in my eyes, in the eyes of my children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I will give to them this was the water of meribah because the children of israel contended with the lord and he was hallowed among them this unfortunate uh, circumstance and, and unfortunate in what sense we need to see uh, in moses we will see christ jesus n- needed to strike uh, be be stricken his body was broken As the rock was, he struck the rock, and from afar he needs to see our inheritance, and then give the Holy Spirit, Joshua, who will be able to lead us into this inheritance. Every time uh, there was a, a a a situation like this, God still was victorious. First, we need to pay attention to the fact that the rod of God, which was initially the rod of Moses, was in the tabernacle of meeting before the face of the Lord it was where in the Tabernacle of Meeting, from which we can conclude that Moses was not able to use the rod of God how he saw fit, but only used the rod of God according to the commandments of God received in a revelation. As much as we know, the rod of Moses, which he threw according to the command of God, became a serpent, which he then ran away from in fear. But when God commanded Moses to retake the serpent by the tail, The serpent became a rod again in his hand, about which God said that this rod will now be called the rod of God, because God will do wonders with it. The rod itself in Scripture symbolizes either the mouth of man or the mouth of God. Isaiah 11, 4, 5 But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked righteousness shall be the belt of his loins and faithfulness the belt of his waist before moses threw the rod according to god's command his mouth was not the mouth of god but after according to the command of god Moses threw his rod on the ground, and after again, according to the command of God, he retook the rod by the tail. The mouth of Moses became the mouth of God. The symbol of the rod that was cast by Moses according to the command of God to the ground and picked back up again from the ground is a symbol of the soul lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and reuptayed now, renewed in his resurrection. A very important characteristic, uh, parameters, This rod that was cast to the ground by Moses is a symbol of the soul that has been lost in the death of the Lord Jesus and now re-obtained now, renewed in the resurrection. When the mouth of Moses became the mouth of God, he obtained the ability to discipline his mouth and became a person who was more humble than all men on earth. It is this quality that makes our mouth a rod of God. Numbers 12.3, Moses says about himself. Then, now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. And so writing these words, it's interesting. And so either you could look, uh, typically a person will write this, who is either at one extreme or the other, either he uh, is a, and so this is either somebody who's absolutely arrogant, claiming to be very humble, or truly and legitimately the m- one of the most humble in all of the face of the earth. Which in this case was Moses. He was the most humble of all men on the earth, and he represented a father uh, on earth, a father of God on earth. And so he was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. He had an absolute humility and he corresponded to what he said. Confessing the faith with our mouth directly depends upon the loss of our soul in the death of the Lord Jesus. And so confessing the faith with our mouth directly depends upon the loss of our soul in the death of the Lord Jesus, where we die for our nation, the house of our Father, and the corrupt desires of our soul, and afterwards re-obtain our soul this time already renewed confessing the faith of our mouth directly depends upon the loss of our soul in the death of the Lord Jesus our mouth belonging to the aspect of our soul obtained by us in the resurrection of Christ renewed becomes disciplined by the Holy Spirit which gives us the ability to confess the faith of God abiding in our heart It is by the nature of our mouth that we are able to examine ourselves and our relationship with the chosen by God flock as well as our ability to confess the faith of our heart. If a person by the cross of the Lord Jesus has not died for his nation, the house of his father, and for the corrupt desires of his soul, the confessions of the rod of his mouth, whatever places of scripture he may be confessing will be considered idle words. Psalm fifty sixteen 16-22 But to the wicked God says, What right have you to declare my statutes or take my covenant in your mouth, seeing you hate instruction and cast my words behind you? I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes. Now consider this, you who forget God, lest I tear you in pieces and there be none to deliver. Specifically by the nature of our mouth or what we speak, can we examine our relationship uh, with the chosen by God remnant? And if our mouth, that belongs to our soul, is not lost in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, we did not die in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to understand this, that people say, how do I confess or how do I not confess idle words? And so one confesses, and another person confesses the same word. One will speak idle words; the other will not speak idle words. He speaks the faith of his heart. Our confessions directly depend upon how our, the relationship uh, our relationship with the nation and whether we died for the, our nation, the house of our father, and our destructive desires. Because if, it, if our soul has not died in the death of the Lord Jesus, it has not been renewed. Our mouth is our part of our body, but for my mouth to speak, my soul, my mind needed to place these, this word, uh, this word in my mouth. So my mind needs to know them so that my, my, my mouth may speak them. Because unfortunately, if we don't have a renewed mind, then whatever we will be passing on and then speaking with our mouth will be just filthy words and not the truth. And so the mouth of God, and so our lips are what we confess, uh, we need to die in the death of the Lord Jesus and resurrect with Him. And so again, how do I determine that I speak idle words again? We need to look at the nature of our lips. And the nature of our lips directly depends upon the character of our soul. And the character of our soul is determined by our relationship with the, our, the nation of God and whether we die for our nation, the house of our Father, and our corrupt desires. Because if I have not died for these three, then whatever I put upon the altar will be defiled. or if you take a good altar and you put the right words then it won't be defiled and so for us to again not speaking idle words our soul needs to be renewed and when our soul is renewed then we will have a meek or gentle mouth I say this again and again so that we understand and I together with you begin to understand this when I repeat this I I don't just repeat it, I, I speak to myself i i I am trying to think through these things as I say them as well. The unbelief of Moses and Aaron consisted in them not believing God specifically that he would not be able to bring forth water from the rock and if that wasn't enough, in addition to demonstrating disobedience to God in their unbelief, both Moses and Aaron turned to the nation of God and called them disobedient. God did not command Moses that he strike the rock with the rod but the opposite God commanded that he speak to the rock with his mouth while holding the rod of God in his hand demonstrating the holiness of God before the eyes of the sons of Israel holiness consists in trust and obedience to the words of God and so holiness again is to demonstrate obedience He says, you you did not obey me, and so holiness is trust and obedience to the word of God. And it was called to separate Moses and Aaron from the crowd of the disobedient in the camp, who during all the miracles that God had performed before them, leading them out of Egypt, rebelled against Moses and against God. And the reason for the unbelief where Moses and Aaron were not able to demonstrate the holiness of God before the eyes of the sons of Israel was that they, not recognizing it themselves, began to have fellowship with the disobedient. And so if you remember the Korah and Dathan and the others, these were related uh, to them as they were part of the part of the families. and. They were, they were relatives, and he began to have this fellowship with 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 the disobedient, which is why they together with the disobedient did not enter the promised land. First Corinthians fifteen thirty three through thirty four, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupt good habits. Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. We ask the question, "Why did God let the nation thirst in the wilderness?" The answer to this question is found throughout all of the Scriptures, and it was because He gives water from the rock exclusively to those who thirst. John 7:37 through 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, "If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who re- who believes in me, as the Scriptures say, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water." But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the holy S- holy spirit was not yet given because jesus was not yet glorified therefore the symbol of the water that was brought forth by moses from the rock according to the command of god symbolized the holy spirit summing up the given component we conclude that the purpose of the lot contained in the name of god rock of israel abiding within the heart of a student of christ is called to give the Holy Spirit to exclusively those that thirst for Him and have prepared their heart for Him. So that you can demonstrate then the holiness of the Lord. Without the demonstration of the holiness of God, you will not be able to draw water from the rock. I think this is enough for today. Let us pray. And if you have the opportunity, you can listen to the sermon. This was from the month of February, and it was a Friday service. It was February 20th, 2020, Friday. It's a repeat. And as we know that uh, pastor explained uh, many things of course there's a lot of things that need to be shortened because there's a lot of information let us pray mm-hmm. heavenly father in the name of jesus christ we thank you for the opportunity to be upon this place that your hand has appointed for the worshipping of your name we thank you that upon this place your fear dwells this is the place where you can where you pass on fear the fear of the Lord from the person whom uh, you have placed over us and we are in the status of students so we could receive this fear of the Lord that is demonstrated in your word and your commandments we thank you that we today were able to lift you up in the name Rock, Rock of Israel, that you are unchanging in your word. And that, and we pray that in the commandments and statutes where we exalt you and magnify you, you can you activate the, your name in us so you can cleanse our heart and our heart from all filth, from all that does not correspond to your godly standards. And may we be cleansed from all filth of the flesh and the spirit so that we can approach you and receive your words in our pure heart that is cleansed from dead works. We thank you that today you have allowed us to expand our inheritance, to increase it, expand the territories of it. You've allowed us to work with your name, Rock of Israel. You have played us in on the rock and we see from afar we are on this rock and we see from afar we see your promises we thank you for the quality of the fruit of the Spirit for the character of Christ that abides in us that by our fruit you can then determine the promise that is in our heart and allow us to first Thank you and look at the promises that you have placed at the door of our hope when Christ will come and will return for his church. First, allow us to become this dove. Allow us to hide in the cleft of the rock, in the death of the Lord Jesus, where we confirm your promises, your covenant with us. Allow us to be under the covering of your rock. And we thank you that you have allowed us to be under your shadow. And we have made a covenant and have acknowledged the status of your church, your Zion. And you have allowed us to be under your shadow. You have allowed us to acknowledge you in the form of the person whom you have sent into our life. And when we have acknowledged your body, your church, your Zion, and your messengers, Now you allow us to have this covering, the covering of the rock and on this rock then to build our nest. We thank you, Lord, that you allow us to look at our inheritance and see this promise from this cliff or this rock. You allow us to Lift, our, lift ourselves up to heights that are not reachable for us, collaborating with your Word and your Holy Spirit. This is the unapproachable rocks, because you have light and you have perfection, and these sharp, unapproachable rocks, we have the ability to rise on them upon these rocks, <clears throat> because we have built our spirit, our heart, into a lamp of the Lord and your lamp is over us we have acknowledged and our spirit has acknowledged the word of the messenger in our life we thank you that today we have dedicated our members for righteousness and we have agreed that the descendants of the Philistines have no right to place their throne where the throne of the Lamb is. God and the Lamb allows to destroy these giants with their spears, with their false prophecies, with their thoughts and their inheritance, with their new sword, with everything that has nothing to do with the ancient path of good, the old path of good. And we thank you that today we destroyed this giant in our life so that we can confess the word of God with our mouth and so that this not be idle words and that we not confess idle words allow us today to submerge our soul in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and proclaim that in the death of the Lord Jesus we made the decision to die for our nation, the house of our Father, and for our destructive desires. And we pray that you allow our soul to rise in the resurrection of Christ, so that it be renewed in the resurrection of Christ, and that it be cleansed in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the soul using our body and our mouth our lips will be meek and gentle and we will never be able to speak idle words because we will be in the likeness of your dove that does not seek its own personal will and does not pursue its own personal glory we seek your will and we seek your glory and we pray lord that you show your glory in your body in your church and you will show it when you show your glory in our bodies because we are a part of the fullness that is all in all we are a part of your sabbath the eternal day the day in which you find your rest and we thank you for this great calling that we have, this purpose in Jesus Christ. And that today, Lord, you allow Zion to be destroyed because you desire at the door of hope to comfort her. And when you will comfort us with your resurrection, then you will comfort the chosen by God remnant. And you will restore us from ashes, from death. Today we thank you for life and resurrection that's in us. We thank you that we can know that our old man is crucified so that the the body of sin may be done away with and we not be slaves of sin any longer we know that Jesus resurrected from the dead and death no longer has power over Him. That He died once and He died for sin and He lives, he lives for God. And we today also, <coughs> counting ourselves dead to sin and living for God in Jesus Christ, we proclaim the non-existent stronghold of life as existent. We thank you, Lord, that today the stronghold of life is in Jesus Christ. And it is in Jesus Christ for every one of us because this glory is in our heart. It's in our heart that has become a lamp of the Lord. And when our heart has become the lamp of the Lord, then everything that's in the Son in Jesus Christ has become our inheritance as well. Allow us till the end with our heart to collaborate with the Word of the person whom you have sent in our life. We thank you that the Word of God has been given to your messengers. We thank you that today the Word that they pass on to us has become the possession of our spirit and we pray that this word now become the possession of our soul and it would renew our soul so that our lips when they shall receive your word so that when they confess your word it would not be idle words thank you for the oil and that burning lamp we thank you for your wisdom That you allow us today to pay the price to have this oil. We thank you for victory and for the person by whom we have received these great revelations that we had the opportunity to take from the table of showbreads of our heart and make the possession of our mind and our confessions. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor, Arkadi and we pray for your mercy that it be coming to him quickly so that you, again and again, using your messenger, would be able to provide this planting word. Into our and provide it into our heart <clears throat> so it be put, placed upon the table of showbreads although he may not be physically here we have a sufficient amount of revelations that according to your mercy we can make the possession of our soul and you still have a lot of revelations pearls that need to become the possession of our heart we with trembling and with respect treat the word that we have received and we wait for the word that won't just become the possession of our soul but also the possession of our spirit our spirit which is a lamp of the Lord today we pray that you would be glorified in your church and that we would be able to demonstrate your glory obedience to your commandments and when we demonstrate obedience to your commandments and when we see glory in ourselves you will then show your church your glory the glory that will destroy one, and will allow the other to shine as a morning light. And I pray that today our glory, your glory not kill us. We, using your, your Holy Spirit and your word, place this truth into our heart, and we proclaim your word and are clothed into the glory of your word. And we're not afraid to look upon the glory of your truth. And we thank you that our faces are unveiled, that the veil is removed from our heart, and that we understand the word of God that is put into our heart. And we take this covering and we put it upon our head, acknowledging the words of your messenger in our life. And when the covering has become the possession of our head, then our heart receives the ability to comprehend the word and that wisdom that abides in our heart. We thank you for your church, for your saints, when you will be demonstrating your glory so that you may shame death and so that death would be devoured by the victory of Christ so that death no longer have poison against us and not be able to hurt us so that you pull out the sting of death <clears throat> and so for this allow us to take the serpent by the tail and when we take our serpent by his tail when we will be able to discipline our mouth with the gentleness of Christ then death you will Tear out the sting from death and hell will not have any victory. We thank you, Lord, that in our life the sting of death has been ripped out. May the works of the devil be destroyed in this place. Any kind of poverty, illnesses, misfortunes, depression, destruction, ignorance, error, in the name of Jesus Christ, all of this may it depart from the tents of your nation and may your glory be upon our tent and upon your saints over your Zion we thank you Lord for this service and we receive blessing in the coming services our great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven